What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I am Derek Larger, and today I am going to be bringing you guys another video about why the Colts went from a B-level team to an A-level team in 24 hours. So, uh, I know that we've been cranking out a lot of videos this week. Uh, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy week. We've really been trying to push out a lot of content. And again, we really appreciate all of your guys' support. And I know you've heard me say this several times, so I'm not going to drag it on even more. So, let's just get into it. So, before we get into the actual topic, just kind of want to remind people of some of the circumstances leading up to the season or leading up to this offseason of free agency and everything. Uh, so, does anyone remember how the offseason started for the Indianapolis Colts? Well, I can tell you a few things. One, we're not having confidence in our quarterback situation. That's always uh, rough to have going into any offseason. And then you had Anthony Costanzo contemplating retirement, which I'm about to talk to here in a second. And we have wide receivers all being hurt last year, needed more production. That's going to be a big market as well. And remember, last or two seasons ago, uh, we had Andrew Luck uh, planning to come back for another year, and it looked like there was a potential for a Super Bowl run. Uh, so, you know, things have drastically changed. And first, we kind of get into Anthony Costanzo and some of his comments that he made the other day about... Uh, what it is that made him want to come back. So me personally, from hearing his comments, I don't really believe he actually ever thought about retiring. I just kind of felt that he was more of unsure of himself and where the team uh, was headed, the direction that the team was heading. Cause I mean, think of where we were at the end of the 2018 season. We Everybody was riding the coattails, right? Andrew Luck is healthy. We're back. All this roster needs is just a little bit more improvement and a better start, and this team is on its way, right? And then, obviously, going to 2019, Andrew Luck is no longer there. Uh, offense had struggles. Uh, defense had some struggles. The special teams was a struggle all year long. So there were a lot of unknowns with Anthony Costanzo, and he wasn't sure what he wanted uh, in regards to his health and everything. Because keep in mind, remember, at the beginning of the season, he said, this is the healthiest I feel uh, ever since I came into the NFL. I mean, even at 30 years old, that's still impressive to say. And so, obviously, he said he kept up his training. After a little while, he said he had an epiphany when he was doing one of his training sessions and just kind of thought, man, I really do want to stay in football. I feel like I have so much more to give to this team than what I have before. I mean, he said that he knew the boys on the O-line needed him and he needed them just as much as they needed him. Um, I'll tell you what, I loved his comments on Nelson and wanting to be back. Said that getting to line up next to Quentin Nelson, arguably the best offensive lineman in football now, certainly makes him feel good. Uh, makes it, uh, Nelson has installed a new dynamic in this Colts offensive line, folks. Remember when I told you that earlier this week, he, what Nelson has done. It's not just the young guys. It's the guys like Costanzo that have been on the line for several years. It probably made Anthony Costanzo feel a little younger, made him feel a little hungrier to want to go out and do something. Uh, it was really good. I mean, 
you know, he's, I certainly believe based off of what he said about his health and physically how great he looks. And just from his comments, I certainly think that this guy could stay for another two years with the Colts, possibly more. I mean, I'm obviously not banking on that, but it is the possibility if he does stay healthy, I don't think his skill is necessarily going to drop that much over the next two years. I mean, you look at Andrew Whitworth uh, being 38 years old, and he just got a three-year extension with the Rams. Now, granted, I know he entered the, uh, the league a little bit later than most guys, but that's for another story. So now let's go back and talk about the regards to how the Colts became an A-level team from the span of Monday, March 16th through March 17th within 24 hours. So first things first, we got DeForest Buckner, right? A 26-year-old stud who is reaching his prime right now. What you've seen from him now, most have said that he's still got more. He's still got more that he can get better at. This guy is a giant physical specimen who's good at just about every aspect of the game. Now, some of you questioned giving up the 13th pick for him and giving him $21 million a year. So I'm going to address these. Uh, let's first understand that a player who's regarded as one of the best at their position very rarely hits the open market. Buckner never would have hit the open market. The 49ers would have sought out a trade for someone uh, to someone else for something relatively the same as what we gave them. For all of you that are saying, you know, it's we we giving him the 13th was too much, and we could have definitely gotten him for much, much lower. Well, okay, so let me address that then for you. With the 13th pick argument that some of you want to make, uh, go look at Zach Hicks's Twitter, at Zick, uh, Zach Hicks 2. Uh, he showed a list of every 13th pick selection since 2012. The only one of those 13th picks, uh, those yeah, those nine picks that have been uh, drafted at the 13th pick overall in the draft, the only one who's been more accomplished and proven himself, like Buckner has, is the one and only Aaron Donald. It's the only one. Anyone who thinks the 13th pick is too much for DeForest Buckner, just look at other teams and look at how they value defensive linemen. If you can't understand that that's a good option, I can't help you. Aaron Donald wasn't even supposed to be this good. He wasn't. No one thought he was going to be the, the best defensive lineman in football come you know the, the time he came out. But he was still the 13th pick, and look at what he became. DeForest Buckner still got some of his best football ahead of him. Now, in regards to the money, he is now tied for the third highest paid defensive lineman along with Demarcus Lawrence, who is pretty much getting the same contract as DeForest Buckner, a guy that's getting, you know, $21 million a year for the next five Uh Okay, so only Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald are higher paid defensive linemen than DeForest Buckner and Demarcus Lawrence. Look, folks, this is the money that you need to spend on someone who's regarded as a top three defensive tackle and a top 10 defensive lineman in the NFL. You need to spend money to get good talent. This isn't Madden where you can make weird trades and get things for low prices. It's just not how that works. The 13th pick was indeed worth DeForest Buckner a star on the off on the defensive line. Not to mention, y'all seem to forget that we have two second rounders. We could potentially still go back into the first round, but even if we don't, we are getting an all-pro defensive lineman for the 13th pick. 
a guy who has proven himself. We're going to take a chance on Javon Kinlaw, who hasn't proven anything yet. He could be that good, but we don't know. And Buckner is a top-level talent, and Ballard took the initiative. This guy will allow our team to gain pressure up the middle, and this was our biggest issue on the defense last year. This will help our entire defense, folks, from the pass rush all the way to helping with coverage. If you can get to the quarterback quicker, which Buckner has shown he can, and get that pressure up the middle, it's going to help those defensive ends corralling in because we know we got some good defensive ends. We got Justin Houston. We got Kamiko Ture coming back. We know we got some guys. And then, you know, when you're not, when you're getting to the quarterback quicker, it helps your coverage. They don't have to cover as long. This level of play alone will make our defense even better than it already is. And so now we move on to the second move. Uh, and that is Phillip Rivers. So, Look, regardless of how you feel about Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, this is a good QB move for the immediate future. Immediate future. Ignore the interception numbers for a second. Rivers had the fourth worst offensive line in the NFL. Now, I saw a stat earlier that where people were talking about, you know, potential throws that uh, that Rivers made that should have been intercepted. It was a lot higher than Brissett, right? Uh, and... You know, you had to, uh, and somebody told me that, like, you know, when you look at how many passes they took, uh, Rivers was actually sacked less often than Brissett because, um, or was sacked more often uh, or less often than Brissett because uh, Rivers threw the ball, you know, twice as many times, but was sacked over twice as many times as Brissett. Like, I understand that. But Brissett holds on to the ball longer than Rivers and misses those throws that Rivers would normally make easily. It's those easy ones, that ones that just you get the ball out of your hands much quicker. And Rivers is going to be able to adjust knowing that he has that offensive line to protect him, giving him that extra half second to be able to make an adjustment and throw. That's huge. It may not seem like much, but to a quarterback, that's a lot of time. Also, Rivers fits so much better into our offensive system right now. Tight end usage, Rivers loves throwing to tight ends, folks. He's done it his entire career. We've seen that with Antonio Gates. Saw that with Hunter Henry. And now you're going to see it with Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle's already been one of the most effective tight ends in the NFL in regards to pass coverage. And we know what Jack Doyle can do in the run game. It's just the simple fact that we know Rivers is going to get Jack Doyle involved. He likes throwing to the tight ends. And Doyle is basically just a uh, less athletic Hunter Henry. I understand that, but, you know, Doyle is still a good uh, offensive option. And there's still the option for the Colts to maybe get a tight end here in the free agency still. I know they're still talking about Delaney Walker. The Colts are the front runner to get Delaney Walker if they so choose to. And you obviously have the draft which many people said, oh, you know, a third or fourth round tight end. People can see that happening. And when you, he also likes to use the running backs a lot more. Eckler uh, was a main key to the passing game out of the backfield, right? They used him a lot last year. And this is exactly why I think that you would use him because he can do that with Hines. Hines is a very good option. And I've, I've been wanting to say that for a long time. Frank Reich has 
missed the opportunity to have Hines coming out of the backfield to make plays like Austin Eckler does. Rivers does give him that option because Wright knows that Rivers has the ability to do that. He likes throwing those because it's easy and you can get good yardage out of a guy like Hines doing that. Rivers is also a lot more active and engaging than Brissett, and obviously he knows Reich and Sirianni, so that definitely helps with keeping guys in check and understanding the system. And folks, do you remember in 2018, Rivers was widely regarded as a top seven quarterback in the NFL. So what changed? I mean, obviously he couldn't have just gone from a top seven quarterback one year to just dropping off a cliff like we expected with Tom Brady. Well, just look at the roster and the way the team was ran last year for the Chargers and the multiple players who had other things on their mind other than winning football games. You're telling me Keenan Allen wasn't distraught at certain points throughout the year? You're telling me Melvin Gordon, who was who sat out for half the year to try and get some other uh, compensation from another team? So, again, I'm asking you to look at the big picture. Look at everything about that team. Yes, they had the talent. They had talent in other places that the Colts didn't necessarily have last year. But we suffered with injuries just as much as they did. We have a better offensive line. And so what if we don't have a Keenan Allen or a Melvin Gordon? We have weapons to be able to do that. And our defense right now, if you put them against the Chargers, when healthy, I think our defense is slightly better than that of the Chargers. I mean, it's pretty close when you think about it. I mean, I know the Chargers are more of a turnover machine. I get that. But with the addition of DeForest Buckner, that could easily change. So I'm not saying that Phillip Rivers is still a top seven quarterback, but he can certainly be a top half NFL level quarterback. He can be in the top 15. And he wants to win games. He's excited about being here, man. This is just the beginning. There are still a lot of moves to be made. This is only going to get better for the Indianapolis Colts, but those two moves just immediately made both ends of the ball better. That's why they moved from a B, B to a B plus to an A minus or A team right there right now. This team is definitely headed in the right direction, and I really like what I'm seeing. All right, that's going to do it for this, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, hope you understood my insight here. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, again, guys, this is only going to get better for us. Try to just think of it on the positive end here. The, these two moves are nothing but positives right now. It is nothing but positives. Both of these get that through your, through your, to yourselves, a- accept it. Love it. Let's, let's make this thing great. So thank you guys again so much for, uh, paying attention to the podcast. Really appreciate all the support and go Colts.